Support for studio sessions on KNKX comes from OB Credit Union, the original credit union of the Olympia Brewery, bringing pub-style banking to South Sound neighborhoods. OB Credit Union, offering Rainier, Pabst, Lone Star, and Olympia beer credit cards. More at obee.com cards. Coming to you from Demetrius Jazz Alley in the heart of downtown Seattle, I'm Abe Beeson with an exclusive studio session performance with the Jeremy Pelt Quintet. The trumpeter from Los Angeles, now based in New Jersey, celebrated his 47th birthday just a couple days ago, and he's here in Seattle celebrating his new album, The Art of Intimacy, Volume 2, His Muse. Early in his career, Pelt worked with legends like Wayne Shorter, Frank Foster, Gary Bartz, and Vincent Herring. In fact, he'll be back at Jazz Alley December 12th and 13th with Herring and the heavy hitters. Today, he's one of the most prominent trumpet players in the world and also an author. The third volume of his series of interviews with fellow musicians, Grio, Examining Lives of Jazz Great Storytellers, is out now. Jeremy Pelt has brought a fantastic quintet of his own to Jazz Alley tonight. Jalen Baker and Alex Wentz on vibes and guitar. Leighton McKinley Harrell and Jared Spears at the bass and drums. Stay connected for our conversation. First, let's hear some music. KNKX is proud to present Jeremy Pelt. Thank you. 
Jeremy Pelt, it is an honor to have you here in Seattle. So excited uh, for your concert one night, one night only at Jazz Alley. I'd like to get our uh, audience a little bit introduced to you. Um, let's start with an origin story. When was the moment? How did you know music was going to be your profession? Uh, I think I figured that uh, out pretty early on after I started playing because it was the only thing that I was interested in. So, I mean, that probably was around eight or nine years old. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you'd ask my mother, she would tell you, you know, that I, all I did was eat, sleep, and then, you know, drink music. That was it. So, I mean, it was written in the stars. And as your career got going, you found yourself working with a lot of great big bands from Charles Mingus to Roy Hargrove, mm -hmm. uh, the Village Vanguard Orchestra, mm -hmm. even the Ellington Big Band. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it you, that you enjoyed about working in that large ensemble? Well, I felt like it was a rite of passage to go to get to get into the uh, smaller groups. I mean, I did everything kind of in accordance to how the the history of jazz was. You know, when you talk about you know Miles and Bird and Dizzy, you know, being in you know, the bands of, of, you know, Billy Eckstein and Cab Calloway and all those, I felt like it was the right thing to do in order to learn how to to be a band leader and how to blend with other instruments and learn what you wanted from different, uh, you know, people that were on the stage with you. It's, it's, a, it's an experience that you have to have. Um, your own uh, bands and albums have been kicking along for... 20, 30 years now. Um, the Art of Intimacy series, uh, volumes one and two, mm -hmm. some really terrific standards. And I mm -hmm. wonder if you could tell us a little bit about uh, those albums and particularly volume two, His Muse. Who is His Muse? <laughs> that remains a mystery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but in general, I wanted those, those albums to me serve as snapshots. You know, that's what I call them. There's something that don't really have a, a long kind of uh, touring life outside of just just doing the record because I, I kind of look at that as something as an aside to my actual group. Yeah. In other words, you know, volume two, I don't have Billy Hart and Buster Williams in, I can't say they're in my working band, you know right, what I mean? Right. It's, a, it's, it's a special thing to have them, or volume one, it's a special thing to have Peter Washington and, and George Cables. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's there for, really, for posterity uh, to say that this is, you know, where I'm at with the, the material that I want to record just for the purpose of, of getting it down on, uh, on wax, as they said. You know what I mean? I mean, I always had an affinity for ballads and standards, and so I put it in that drawer, and it becomes a snapshot to say, for, for the listener who likes, uh, who particularly likes that side of me to say, well, let's just go ahead and put this, you know, back on. And it just keeps, you know, being played. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Now, you've certainly made uh, the standards your own, but you're also a wonderful composer. And I wonder if your own compositions come from uh, kind of a standards background. You're uh, trying to emulate that. Or if there's any other composers that you're like, well, this is kind of my style. I don't think that I'm trying to actively emulate anyone. I, I just think that it's uh, something that, it comes from the pores. It just, you know, it, it's 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 a culmination of having listened to the music for as long as I have. That that, you know, inevitably, you know, an influence or something will sneak in, but it's not something that I am, you know, consciously trying to do. Like, yeah, I'm going to go for this. You know, it just happens. But there are some, you know. That said, you know, one of the things that I tell my students, and when we when we talk about composing original music 
um, is sometimes you are going for specific devices that you hear in uh, other composers that you admire. And so in that case, you do try to go for that just to understand how that how to integrate that into your music. But then even that will take a back seat after a while once you you learn how to do that. You know, so there are some some early compositions that are, you know, if even if I were to tell you what they were, it wouldn't sound exactly like, you know, what it's influenced by. You know what I mean? And and I don't and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but I'll just say that it's it's like I did it what I heard my way, <laughs> you know. It can't help but come out of of you. Yeah. Um, now, uh, speaking of, well, music is a lot like storytelling, and mm -hmm. you've been actually collecting actual stories from mm -hmm. the jazz legends, your mm -hmm. Griot book series. Mm -hmm. I think we're up to volume three now. Yeah. Examining the lives of jazz great storytellers. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about your interview process. Is it as simple as tell me a great story, or how do you go approaching these in, uh, these musicians? No, well, there's a definitely... Uh, it, it took its its cue from Art Taylor's Notes and Tones. And when I read Art Taylor's Notes and Tones, there was definitely a, a, a kind of a, a plan to, to how he was how he was conducting his interviews, especially with the, 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 the personalities that he was interviewing. You know, sometimes it could go, you know, awry, you know. Um, but, you know, the thing is, he, he it was it was one part musical philosophy, and then the other part dealing with, you know, the, the black sociopolitical issues of that period. And I wanted to do the same thing. So, I mean, that's essentially what it was. It started, um, my process starts with, I, I tell everybody the same thing. I said, I got to get the vitals. So they tell me where they were born. And then I get a background, much like you're saying, uh, like you're doing, with how they got really interested in the music. You know, and then from there, it, it really kind of takes on its own uh, path. But I have these little markers that guide me into what I want to, uh, you know, know about what I want to accomplish during the interview, certainly. And I'm sure you get this question a lot. Uh, have you been building your own stories as your career's continuing? I am. I've, I've just started to do that. I mean, I, I you know, I was always, ever since I read notes and tones, I was always interested in in other people's stories. And once I got, you know, fully immersed into the music and started to know, uh, you know, a lot of musicians and work with these people all the time, it just became something that I was even more and more so interested in because I'm so close to these people. You know, whereas it's, it's not like, uh, reading a story about John Coltrane or or Freddie Hubbard or somebody, these are actually people that I work with all the time. So, and I think that kind of trust is what what makes the project uh, really come alive. Now, the band you've got here at Jazz Alley, mm -hmm. some younger musicians mm -hmm. who are just starting to collect some stories of their own, yeah. including Jared Spears, the young mm -hmm. drummer. I think you're just coming back from your, your his first ever European tour. Yeah, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that process the mentoring and, mm -hmm. and that way you're passing on the tradition well that's I've always been a big believer in that um you know when I first came on the scene I think everybody has to have that um when I first came on the scene it was it was Ralph Peterson it was it was Lewis Nash it was Lewis Hayes I mean, I had a fair amount of drummer gigs you know and then yeah and and and, and Lonnie Plaxico they, those were like the people um in a small group sense Vincent Herring 
um, that that really kind of just said, okay, I'm going to point you over here. I'm going to do this, and that is the experience that 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 influenced me to do the same thing when I got of age. You know, I just turned 47 uh, a couple days ago, and you know, I'm not over the hill by any you know means. But when you start to see young talent that is, you know, clearly I remember doing things, musical things, when even way before they were born, making records and whatnot, then you, it starts to really st stick in that, yeah, okay, I'm that person. It I mean, if you look at the, the, the age difference between somebody like, you know, Art Blakey and Lee Morgan, who was his, you know, main person that he really loved, that's about 18 years. I, I told you earlier that I'm older than everybody in my band between by by a spread of 12 to 28 years, um, but it, it it's it's important for me to to be able to pass down things in a way that I think is helpful to to young talent because I'm I'm always being asked by younger musicians advice and whatnot and you know, but I all I, I I try to to keep my ear on the ground, you know, for the new talent. So now in Jared's uh, case, uh, he's a student. He's actually my student, one of my students over at William Patterson University um, in New Jersey. And he, I mean, he's in his second year, he's 19 years old. The improvement uh, by, by him has been just astronomical from when he first started. You could always tell the talent, but then when you start to see it, you know, just like develop at a rapid pace, what needs to happen is the nurturing part of it. And so, yeah, I, I dare to say, okay, let me go ahead and take this cat on the road. And the same thing with, with, with Leighton. Leighton's a little bit older than him, but, but not by much. You know, he's 24 years old. You know, I, I hear these people, these, these cats, and I say, you know what? I want to find a place for them and, and, and really, you know, kind of point them in a direction and, and, and let them just figure th their own things out, you know, with some kind of guidance. You mentioned Vincent Herring. You're actually going to be back in Seattle in about a month with yeah. uh, the heavy hitters with yeah. Vincent and a, a whole great gang mm -hmm. of, that's a, a band that has a brand new record out. Yeah. But I want to ask about your next project with your band. Mm -hmm. What's next for you? Well, we just recorded a record uh, in September called, and it's going to be called Tomorrow's Another Day. And um, I'm, I'm very excited. It's the first time that I've actually worked um, with a producer, um, and you know, it's, and he's a great friend of mine. His name is DeAnthony Parks, great drummer. Um, he calls himself a, a creative technologist, which is right up his. It makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, he used to work with Sade and a lot of different acts, and um, we went to school together. And we always kept saying, "Oh yeah, we gonna do something." You know, it was one of those things where, yeah, yeah, we got to do something. And you know, I t as I told him the other day, I said, "You know what? I'm just tired of my own stuff." I said, man, I, I need to reach out and, and have some other people kind of influence what I'm doing. And so that happened, and uh, to great effect, and I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Jeremy Pelt, thank you so much for your time. Uh, great to have you in Seattle. We look to have you come back to Seattle, and we're really looking forward to the next album. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks again to Jeremy Pelt and his band with Alex Wintz guitar, Jalen Baker vibes, Leighton McKinley Harold bass, and Jared Spears drumming. The new album, The Art of Intimacy Volume 2, His Muse. 
Thanks so much to the KNKX studio session team, audio engineer Brian Moynihan, video producer Parker Blohm. Thanks to promotions director Brenda Goldstein and the entire staff at Jazz Alley for making this studio session possible. I'm Abe Beeson. Thanks to you for listening and for your support.